This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 27th, 2018. Walking in the Light. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are so honored that you chose Connection Church to worship in this morning. Thank you so much for coming. Now, I digress just a little bit. A couple of you have said, oh my gosh, I love your shoes. So I got these shoes in India, and we are going to present our India trip on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We hope that you'll join us and come hear about the ministry that's taking place in our mission trip in the future. Tuesday night. Yeah, you could get a pair. They get yeah, a pair. you could get a pair. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. So we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made. It's no accident that any one of us are here. Settle us in that we might receive your word and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So this morning we um, are going to further explore the writings of John. John, who traveled with Jesus. John, who was a fisherman until Jesus called him to drop his net and to follow him. John, who wrote several books that we find in the New Testament, second part of the Bible, including the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelation. Today we're going to look at the first chapter of 1 John. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them to 1 John chapter 1, or it's on your smartphone, or the scripture is on the screen. Here we go. 1 John 1, verses 1 through 5. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Hmm. And so as Pastor Chuck Swindoll shares in his overview of 1 John, John focuses here on three issues in this first chapter. Standing firm against false teachers is one, and we'll look a little more at that in a moment. Two, the unbounded joy of the believers. And third, reassuring Christians that they have eternal life. In reference to the false teachers, in the early Christian church, there were many heresies or false teachings, one of which was known as docetism. Docetism. The, the docetists believed that the spirit was superior to the flesh. And therefore, since Jesus was divine, they were teaching that he was spirit and he only appeared to have a flesh and blood body. Now, this may seem a little crazy to us today, but at the time, 
This was a teaching that many were listening to and, and some were adhering to. And so John's opening verse here in 1 John 1 is aimed directly at this heresy when he writes, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. And so John gives assurance. John gives assurance that we've seen him, we've heard him, we've touched him. That's what he says. We've seen him, we've heard him, we've touched him. So much for Jesus being a divine spirit and only appearing to be flesh and blood. John is saying he's real. He is real, as real as you are, as real as I am. That's the point of why he writes this. He's saying he's not some ghost, something that you're just kind of seeing. He's not a ghost. He is human. John continues uh, in verse 2. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our, say with us, joy complete. So John says that our joy is complete. There's unbounded joy as we come together as believers. Unbounded joy together, but also that we have the assurance of eternal life. And Swindle also supports that in his reflection on this scripture. He says that John wanted his readers to experience the joy of the fellowship. Not just hear about it, but experience the joy of the fellowship with God and with God's people. But here's the problem. Our sin sometimes gets in the way. Our sin keeps us from experiencing that full joy, that unbounded joy, that joy that is complete. And so we will continue to focus on this as we move into um, the next scripture, uh, verses 5 through 8. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Say with me, please. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And so John here is, is it's a conduit. You know, a conduit brings something from here to here. He's a conduit taking the message that they heard Jesus share and passing it along. And, and what is that message? Well, the message is three simple words. God, God is light. God is light. Just as two weeks ago, while exploring a later chapter, chapter 4 of this same book, 1 John, we were told that God is love. See, I'll start with L. Love, light, God is. And here John tells us the message Jesus shares. God is light. In him there is 
no darkness at all. God is light. Let's go back to the very beginning where we read about light for the first time. Genesis chapter 1. And we're using Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message. First, this. God created the heavens and earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness. Just imagine that image, a soup of nothingness. A bottomless emptiness. An inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. Mm. That was a heck of a first day, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I love how Peterson translates that. A soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. Man, it's just, oh, wow. And with a word, a word, God changes all of that. All of that. Single word, and that word is light. Light. And the light was good. Light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness day and night. Heck of a first day. God is light. And with a single word, God brought God's very presence, God's essence into the watery abyss, into that inky blackness, and changed everything. God is light. And it is good. Light. Do you know how powerful light is? Check this out. Now, we got to imagine the earth's flat because the curvature would get in the way of actually being able to do this. But if we could get rid of that curvature, if it's completely dark, you can see the light from a single candle from 30 miles away if it's dark. Not with, you know, city lights, you know. Uh, if it's really dark, you can see. That's from here to North Wilmington. Single candle. Wow. That's according to LiveScience.com, and I have no reason to not believe it. Of course, <laughs> that tells us probably as much about the incredible eyesight God has given us as it does about the power of a single candle, doesn't it? Yeah. So think about that candle, that little light, like that little light over there being multiplied gazillion times, and we're not even beginning to approach the brightness, the power of the light of God. God is light, a very, very, very powerful light. And here's the thing, light, God's light is pure. Can you imagine pure light? I mean, that really ups it all. Pure light. Light reveals, darkness conceals. God is fully revealing, never concealing. God has nothing to conceal, nothing to hide. Light represents good. Darkness represents evil. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Light. 
It's mentioned over, over, over again in the New Testament. In John 8, the Gospel of John, one of the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus tells the people, I, Jesus, am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Makes sense. God is light. Jesus is the Son of God, <laughs> like Father, like Son. Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. Amen. So a guy named Paul wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible. He wrote it in the form of letters to churches to encourage them or also to help them <coughs> uh, work it out because they might have strayed a bit. Paul wrote um, a letter to the church at Ephesus. It's Ephesians, and we're taking a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, and he tells his Christian friends that once they were in darkness, but now they're in the light of the Lord. And then he also wrote a letter to the church at Colossians. It's called Colossians. And he writes, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of of the son he loves. That kingdom is light, light, pure light. And in Peter's first letter, chapter 2, verse 9, we're told that God has called the Christians out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Over and over and over again, we're given this image of light and darkness, the light of God of Jesus Christ, drawing us out of the sinful, evil darkness. And so this isn't just a one-liner that we hold on to. God is consistent from cover to cover with this image, with this truth of light, <coughs> that God is light. Let's continue on uh, with this scripture, picking it up at verse 6 of 1 John chapter 1. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we are claiming to have fellowship with Jesus, if we're claiming to have relationship with Jesus, if we're claiming that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and yet we walk in darkness, <coughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Here we're claiming to be in Christ, and we walk in darkness. Then we're liars. That's what the Bible says. We're liars, and we're not living out the word, the truth. We can't have it both ways. It doesn't work. We're either following Jesus, we're trying to follow Jesus, or we're not. Now, that's not to say that we're perfect. We cannot be perfect in this life. We can live in that sanctified way to uh, live a holiness, try to hold on to that holiness of Christ, but that does not mean that we have perfection. We will someday, but not in this life. 
It's not to say that we're without sin. What we're saying is that if we deliberately live contrary to what Jesus would call us to, if we purposefully live turning our back from Jesus and each other, if we are willfully separating ourselves from God and God's will for our lives, then we are not walking in the light. We're just not walking in the light. And claiming that we are would make us liars. This is hard stuff. It's like gulp, really? Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. And if we claim it, but we're still doing all this, all this over here, that just pushes us farther away from God and from one another. Walking in the light as Jesus is in the light means that we have fellowship with one another. And we recognize that it is the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for you and me, his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. It's Jesus and Jesus alone that brings us God's grace, that offers us forgiveness, that allows us to have this eternal life with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Continuing on with, <coughs> excuse me, with verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. And so John closes this, this first chapter of 1 John with these three verses that Carrie just shared. You know, we're told by Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 3, verse 23, he writes, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He doesn't write some. He doesn't write many. He doesn't even say most. All. All. That means every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so John shares that same sentiment. He tells us that for any of us to claim to be without sin, we're deceiving ourselves. It just isn't true. And therefore, that truth then is not in us. Walking in the light, walking with God, walking with Jesus doesn't mean we're without sin. Actually, it almost means the opposite. It means we recognize we are sinners. But it means we confess that sin. It means God is faithful when we confess that sin and just. If God is faithful and just and will forgive us those sins and purify us from unrighteousness, from this separation from God, thanks to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so instead of confessing our sin, if we claim otherwise, claim to be sin-free, that would be absolutely contradictory to God. We would be, in effect, calling God a liar, making obvious that his word is not in us. We can't speak for you, but 
as we say each week, as we begin our sermon, we introduce ourselves and say that we are sinners saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we don't say that to say, hey, look at us. No, we say that because it is the truth. The sin part is, a, is the sad, sad truth. Really, sad, sad truth. But, there's always this but, we don't have to live dead in that sin. It's so exciting. We don't have to stay there. And, you know, you're thinking, man, they are beating us up with this sin. We don't have to stay there because we get to live in the light of Christ. Exposing the darkness. It's like being in this dark shadow but coming into the spotlight. We don't have to be afraid of that. It's all good. It's so good it's freeing. It's like, okay, here I am. Wow. Each one of us, when we claim Jesus, we are saved. We are washed by the blood <laughs> from head to toe. We're cleansed from the inside out. And we get to live our lives as a thank you note for the mercy that we receive and the grace. That's that love that we can't do anything about except receive it and say thank you. And we get to walk it out, and it is so good. It is so good. So as we've introduced ourselves now for 17 years, when we were writing this, we realized that we've been condensing 1 John 1, verses 5 through 10, as in our introduction each week. And we will continue to say that because that is the sad, sad truth and it's the gloriousness of God that saves us. Amen that. Yeah, we give God a clap. Yeah. So the question of the week, what about you? Do you truly believe God is light? And are you trying to walk in the light realizing that you are a sinner in need of a savior. If you haven't come to that realization, maybe today's the day, hopefully. The day to recognize your need for God's light in the darkness of your sin. The need for, your, for you to confess that sin, to, to say that you're a sinner in need of a savior and that you can't save yourself that it's Jesus and Jesus alone that God sent to bring us out of this sinful darkness and into his glorious light. Maybe today's the day to stop saying no to this glorious personal relationship with Jesus Christ and to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe today's the day. I know that there are some of us who it would be important to make that step today. And there are others who have already made that step. But that doesn't like make us scot-free like woohoo, we can do everything. We can't. We need to continue every single day to commit our lives to Jesus. Every day. Wake up. Okay, I'm going to follow your will middle of the day, end of the day, whatever it takes. We need to do that as Christians because 
it's really easy to stray into that dark spot. I've done it many times, and I know that if you're in Christ, you know what I'm talking about. And so it's important to stay in the light and to live our lives as a thank you note to God. If you have any questions about this, if you want to make a commitment, if you want to make a recommitment, if you have a burden on your heart, if something's going on, if you have a joy, give it to God today. Don't leave here carrying the weight because you can leave a whole lot lighter today. We have some awesome ladies back there in the prayer corner. They're ready to receive you. And um, you can also talk to God from your seats. We have the steps during our final song as we claim Jesus, let it be Jesus. You can do that on your knees. God loves that. When we are in this mode of submission, as we get on our knees to submit to the one true God. That's the good news. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. And let's pray. God, thank you for your word found in Scripture from cover to cover, and how you started us off in Genesis 1 with, with light, just with a word. You changed everything. And how... Throughout, I'm thinking of the Israelites when they were wandering in the desert and they just needed to follow the light, follow your light. And how you are so consistent. When you came into the world, piercing the darkness, you came and brought light. And you claim to be light. You are light. As your son Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Thank you, and help us be children who walk in the light and help us claim Jesus. Let it be Jesus. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.